Hey, Intra. Hello. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. If you just start off by telling us a little bit about your company, KOS Visuals. So, um, I started three and a half years ago. Uh, we are a strategy first video production company, and we are based not too far from Cambridge. Um, there is currently five of us. I think at our peak, we were like around nine. Uh, we've, we've done projects all over the world. We probably work within the, um, I would say, tech and recruitment space for the most part, but there's like maybe 20% of business that kind of falls outside of that. So in a nutshell, that is, that's KV. And where did the business idea come from? So um, back in, I want to say 2015, but it wasn't, I don't know why, just, just feels like 2015 just seems right. But no, back in, uh, before I, during university first year, um, I started a business called Study Fast um, with a good friend of mine who I've known for like 15 plus years. Maybe that's where the 15 comes from, um, 15 plus years. And in short, we used to speed read. We used to teach people how to speed read. Um, we had like a memory training workshop and that took us all over the gaff. We worked with like institutions, schools, high schools, you know, all over the, all over the shop. Um, and we ended up going to the States, which is really cool. So we went to San Francisco, New York. We did a big workshop for um, Social Chain, where I wish I met by some of the Social Chain team. Um, but anyways, in the midst of that, um, I was very inexperienced within the world of marketing and within that role when I was like working with with Jordan um, yeah in short I started to play around a video so I borrowed a friend's video camera for the first time I remember doing a shoot of which yeah I don't think I've edited the video it was just so bad but the point is is that like I got a video camera out for the first time when we went to the states and we were on that trip I was like I really really enjoyed this and I would love to do this like more so that's kind of where the idea of KV was initially born I was like when I get back from from the states I want to come up with my own business um, and just kind of see, you know, what happens from there. Um, but in short, yeah, that's really where the idea of working for myself kind of was born. I've been playing around with cameras and mics for like a year now with this podcast, and <laughs> I can't say it, it comes naturally to me, and it's probably my least favorite part of the process, although I, I understand just how important it is. And, and I love the idea of creating like a masterpiece, you're like, oh, I made that. Uh, so what is your, like, your, your why for doing it then? Because obviously you must identify like, I'm good at this, but like, how do I switch from what you were doing before to get just solely? Um, yeah, I think, I don't think I ever had a, a, a day where I was like, I'm good at this. I think my family as a whole for context, and um, we're very creative. So we've got um, my, my grandma, for example, she had a, uh, like a fashion, a clothing store um, back in the day. Uh, my auntie has worked in fashion. My other auntie, she works in like, you know, some, some big journalist companies. Um, you know, another, my uncle has a fashion company, like, like all, all over the gaff, we have some really awesome creative people within the family. So I think naturally we're quite a creative family and I was always into like photography. However, video, it was just more of an interest. So I think when, where the shift took place when I first, when I first started, um, I couldn't edit, I couldn't film anything. I didn't know how to use a camera. Um, so when we closed our first client project in Cambridge, um, yeah, I actually didn't edit that. Like my friend, my good friend who I met from StudyFast um, helped me edit that project. And I, he taught me everything he knew to get me up to a point of which I was able to then continue, I guess, pushing forward. So yeah, just fake it till you make it. <laughs> bluff, my, <laughs> bluff my way through my first project. And you studied sports science, uh, you, which yeah. is not related to your, anything you've done mm -hmm. really. Mm -hmm. um, obviously you came on to doing everything that you're doing now with video production through starting a company. How would you reflect on that experience of starting a company while you're at university? Because obviously, that's something I've been doing um, with the graduate guide and joining Vorse too is, and, and I feel like the ability to, to have the mask almost of studies, or nobody's really expecting any, mm. anything from you. And like, you know, if any, you're just an underdog in every situation. 
how do you yeah, how do you reflect on that process and would you uh, recommend people to do it? Yeah, I think um, I think your what you guys have done is absolutely amazing. I think you probably were a lot further ahead um, of the uh, of the process than we were while at university. So I think for myself, um, I, I always wanted to be a the reason I studied sports science is because I wanted to be a physiotherapist to begin with, um, and then I wanted to transition into biomechanics. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I, I did well. Um, however, it was someone called Liz Herman who actually like introduced me to the world of marketing. So this was just before I started study fast, but also as well, just before, like maybe midpoint, I fig quite figured out if I wanted to go you know, one route over the other. Um, and I think, yeah, so the whole starting a business thing, um, especially for study fast, I, I still don't really class it as, although I was co-founder to that business, I didn't class it as my business. Um, it was more of a case of, you know, we were in Greg's, you know, my friend was, well, these are all the skills I'm really good at, as it were, like you can plug in these areas, as it were, and we literally wrote study fast, very, so cliche. We wrote the whole like idea on the back of a napkin, and that's kind of where the idea of study fast started. However, like in terms of like my input, it was very much more so just around like create more learning to create content. I look at that business as an opportunity to learn. I don't really look at it as an, I didn't look at it as a business of which, we we didn't change anything we didn't have massive impacts like you know jordan like definitely did like his tedx talk hit like three million views like it, it was it was big right so and i think that it did open up a lot of doors but i think in terms of my experience when i took from that business it was more so just an experience it was like i learned how to to, to market a service i learned the processes of running a team um and it really just set me up and gave me some confidence that okay if i was to do this again on my own I have, some, I have some insight into like how I would naturally approach it. So yeah, being at university, running a business, I can imagine it is like like to the same standard I'm sure you guys are doing. It's, it's exceptionally difficult. Um, I think we were in a good position just because the nature of the type of business that we ran. Um, but um, yeah, definitely kept us definitely kept us busy. Um, but it definitely put me on a, a nice path when I graduated. That attitude you had in that, that first business, do you think that you've been able to carry that through to this one? Because I think it's a very healthy way of looking at things where as if you'd almost do it anyway, even if you got no like money or publicity or any like yeah. you know, credibility for it, the learnings, everything you're taking from it. Like, I imagine every single shoot, you're still learning like new ways to develop that content. Yeah, I think um, I think in terms of the disposition of always growing, you get to a point of which there's two things. One, um, you can no longer fake it to make it. You can no longer blag your way through situations. Mm -hmm. You actually need to know what you do, what you're doing. You need to know your stuff. And um, that just comes with time, um, but still, um, you become increasingly more aware of the fact that you don't. You, there's a lot still left to learn, right? Um, so I think for myself, um, it was very much driven by like learning more things, pushing myself, getting to a standard of which I felt it was similar to what we would see within the market. Um, and yeah, every shoot we are always learning, always trying to level up the way that we do things, um, always trying to improve. Um, let's just say the quality of our work, whether that be our systems, our comms, whether that be the ideas that we can come up with. Um, but yeah, I think from a young age, I've always had the the disposition of just trying to just, I guess, better myself each day. I know it sounds very cliche, but just, yeah, as long as I'm growing in some way or form um, and I'm challenging myself and I can look back and be like, you know, I've actually come a long way. I was here at one point, now I'm here. Like for me, that's, that's, that's growth, so. I find it interesting that you, uh, you said earlier that you kind of knew what you wanted to do when you went into sports science degree. A lot of people don't know what they want to do. Like, yeah going into university and, and even after it, like people are just like, they pick some things. So for you then to be like, even though you're quite dead set, like persuaded into like by your mate and start a business and then like realizing there's something in that, it's a very particular sort of state of mind or like, or like person, right? Like to, to be like on a, on a track and then like mm. take that risk as it were, mm. 
What do you think the decision-making process was at the time? Um, so, I think I, yeah, I, I did know what I wanted to do from a very, like, youngish age, as it were. Mm -hmm. So, like, at high school, um, my GCSEs were very much tailored for me to be a physiotherapist. Um, when I went to college, exactly the same thing. When I went to uni, exactly the same thing. However, the difference is, is that high school didn't do too well. Um, I just got average, I got C's on average, right? So, but in terms of like culturally speaking and also as well in terms of what I probably could have done if I actually applied myself, the standard story um, would have been a lot better. Um, and I think that was my first like milestone within my life where I was quite disappointed with my output. And I was like, wow, like this is now gonna affect me from doing X, Y, Z in the future. So, and it did, right? So like I wasn't able to get to my first university of choice, um, which sucked, and then I had to kind of pivot because I originally was going to just study physiotherapy. Like that was the goal, right? So I had to pivot and I was like, I'm going to study sports science and then I'm going to pivot and specialize into then physiotherapy. So worked really hard at college, um, did get good grades, which I was happy about and because I, I put the effort in. Um, that, that same momentum and overall, I guess, just like disposition carried me right through to university. Um, and in terms of the shift again, it was more of a case of, I was still very dead set on like doing physiotherapy slash being a biomechanist right up until the time I graduated. So the only reason I, I decided to explore other options is because I met somebody called, like you said about doing things outside of just, you know, university, right? You're mm -hmm. expected to go there, study, et cetera. Nobody expects too much. Like I try to get involved as much as possible with everything that I could. So that could be extra businesses, that could be being an ambassador, that could be events, networking. Um, trying out stuff that wasn't necessarily necessarily like required of you um, and that did open up a lot of doors and a lot of conversation and I think within that I met someone called Liz Herman who was like the head of marketing at the university and I was able to support her with a couple of projects and she didn't study marketing and I was like how did you get into it how did you do this because I've got this business on the side really enjoying it I'm, I'm, I like like the you know the sound of marketing I was trying to rationalize like three years of university yeah. right <laughs> I was like there's people there's grass there's creative um so um, yeah in short she, she explained and I was like okay so when I graduated I applied for a whole bunch of jobs like science-based jobs research-based jobs um, sports-based jobs and marketing-based jobs with zero experience right so the, the I got a job straight after university two days after I graduated I within one week had an interview at Patworth Hospital, um, which was to be like a research like exec, I think, to kick things off. Um, and then two days later, I had an interview at an agency, marketing agency. So my life could have gone in like mm. completely two different directions. Like there was, and I actually wasn't fussed at which direction, because it was like, I studied my whole life for this and I would, you know, it's, it's like, it meant to be, this is what I prepped for as it were. But then on the flip side, I was like, you know, this sounds fun, I enjoy it. And um, yeah, I think in the end, I ended up going down the marketing route. And I think it's just one of those things where I look back and I'm so glad that actually took place. If all the small things didn't take place and I wasn't able to pivot the way that I did, um, yeah, who knows, I might have not been in this place today. So you made that decision to go down the marketing route and then see so you start your, your company. Um, when was it that you realized you could uh, you know, make a career out of this, so to speak? So I, um, I think, I started to, what's the word? Started to get a few projects here and there outside of work. Um, not too many, but just a few. Um, I tried everything from like networking to like going from door to door, like in Cambridge. I did that once, never again, never did that again. Um, but yeah, it, it was an interesting experience. Um, literally knocking from like shop to shop saying, hey, like you guys need any video, X, Y, Z. I actually did get like a project, which is quite cool. Um, and I think once, I remember when I got paid for the very first time, like independently, my own business, my own brand. I put together a whole proposal on, on Google Slides and I was just like, wow, like there's actually like legs to this. Like mm. I could get paid to create content like all the time, right? 
Um, and I think I enjoyed creating content for myself more than I actually did maybe for like other people. I think that's probably what the pull was more so because I, like, I get to create content all the time, right? Um, so I think, yeah, there was no like distinctive moment. Um, I just think I was happy just to take the risk. Like I, I during the pandemic, after two years of being at a company, I was in furloughed, like everybody in some way or form. It was the last day you could be furloughed. I was off from June till like October. Then they called me back into work. I was then like, hey, can I do three days a week? Because like KB really started to pick up and I start, I used that time wisely. I had a month off, of course, just yeah. to chill. Um, and then afterwards I was like, I don't know when I'm gonna go back. So I might as well just like use the time to really try to see and build that KB. Um, so um, yeah, they called me back. I then said, um, can I do three days? They told me no. I said, okay, cool. They said they can do four. And I was like, okay, well, can I do four days within three days? And they said no. <laughs> and um, so I had like four days to decide over the weekend, Friday to Monday, um, as to whether I was gonna turn down coming back to work, whether I was gonna kick off like KV, like in full. I've been off for like three months now, right? So like I'm used to like working for myself, even though technically I was being paid by my old company. Um, and in short, yeah, I spoke to my, I spoke to a few people, um, a few mentors, a few friends, um, looked at what, money I had available, not much. Um, and so it's my pops and my dad was like, in short, everything's a risk. You just have to decide on which risk you enjoy taking more. He was like, so working nine to five is a risk because I could let you go next week, next month. Um, you know, you're at the, you know, to an extent there it's stable um, to an extent. And then also working for yourself is a risk, right? Because there's, there's a lot of challenges that come with it. So um, yeah, I decided to take the risk of which I enjoyed more, which was KV. And um, that was like at some point in October, 2020, 2020. So um, yeah, so it was crazy. Moved house, uh, got a new job, left. Um, yeah, got married in that year as well. Um, and everything else in between. So very, very crazy year. Yeah. So um, yeah. Well, let's talk about what you specialize in a bit more then. So yeah. content, what are your biggest content pet peeves? And what do you think businesses are getting wrong with their, their video branding? Um, content pet peeves. Um, <laughs> I think it's hmm, a good question. Do, do I have time to like stop and think? Yeah, we're gonna this word. Content pet peeves. I'm talking about just like in general. Well, it's, it's like... more like obviously what you're doing is is making a solution because brands aren't like don't do videos well enough for themselves. So yeah. like, what do you think they is, is missing when okay. you like can shoot like you can shoot other people's video content? Okay, cool. Good question. So um, I think the, the biggest um, content challenges or things that I, I see within the market that, that um, yeah, are irritating, especially if you've spent a lot of money within some form of like video production is just lack of direction and having no objective, right? I think before you, you embark on this, this video journey, obviously we know that within today's media, video is super important and you need to create some form of video content to either boost your presence, generate sales, um, build awareness, whatever it might be, right? So I think having an understanding of who you're, target audience is, um, and this is what a lot of people tend to miss, right? Who you're, who you're trying to speak to, what problem you're trying to solve um, is a really important factor. Um, the purpose of the video in itself, video is expensive, it takes time, it's time consuming, everything across the board. So, so having these pieces not in place means that you're kind of just shooting blanks, right? So we see this a lot where content is pushed from a particular brand, whether that be from their personal pages, the company pages, like minimal engagement, um, it doesn't land very well, um, and it's more of like a checkbox, right? It's it's not it's not something that's actually intentional that's contributing towards something. And I think as a whole, that's probably like the biggest thing that we see a lot of brands who don't have the guidance, the resources, or the the, the overall understanding of the power of video. And um, when they're doing video, um, when they're implementing it, like that's what they always fall short. So, 
Yeah, and your sort of tagline is, is making content irresistible, right? I mean, what does that actually look like then? What's that, that, I mean, without giving away your trade secrets, like what, what's your, your process to getting that then? Yeah, no, it's a good question. So I think um, the, the reason why we, we positioned it as like helping you become the most irresistible brand within your market is because every brand exists for a reason, right? If I was to say to you, if I was to ask you the question, how memorable are you as a person? What would you say? Me personally? Yeah. Uh, Depends on the context that I'm me in. Right, but of course, nobody wants to be forgotten, naturally, yeah. right? Everybody wants to be remembered in some way or form, right? And the reason being is because I think, um, and the same, and well, the reason being is because we leave, we leave impressions with people, right? So it's one of those things where if, we, you know, we've just met today, um, hopefully there's gonna be some impression that I've left with you, vice versa, right? And the next time we cross paths, that thing might come to mind, whether that be the way that we speak, characteristics, laughs, whatever it might be, right? Um, and on the flip side, the same questions can be applied to brands, right? Like if you think about it, every brand exists for a reason. It exists to solve a problem, it exists to solve, uh, to provide a solution to a particular group of people. However, those brands, when they you know, are born, naturally they don't think to themselves, okay, cool, like, I wanna be forgotten. Like they wanna be remembered, they wanna be known for what they do, right? And the challenge is, is that you either have a highly saturated market where there's many people within the industry, of which means that getting their ideal customer's attention is, is a difficult thing, or number two, they're just not doing the right thing to get attention in the first place, right? And they're very forgettable as a brand. It's like, okay, well, okay, great. You know, fair enough, right? X, Y, Z, you know, we hear about you today, tomorrow you're gone. So the power of video is that you're able to communicate all of these impressions away in a very short space of time, build through story, through creativity, um, through the value that you provide, and you're able to provide a solution to your audience in a way of which is memorable. So it's about how can you utilize video to ensure that you, one, are not forgotten. Number two, you're able to position yourself as an authority within your space, um, as a credible go-to solution provider. Um, and you're able to then also position yourself as um, the only the only choice, right? If there is multiple choices um, to, to, for example, invest in something, like you're the only card on the table, right? And that is the amazing thing about video. So if you position yourself correctly and you use it correctly and you have a really good understanding of, of what your strategy is and your overall objective, as I referred to previously, you are gonna see those results. So that's ultimately what we try to help our, our, our partners like, achieve because it, it's that's what we say, we're a strategy first video production agency. We, we don't just create videos because they look great. Like anybody can make a video look absolutely amazing, right? But without the strategy, um, without the launch pad for that video to, um, to to launch from, as it were, um, yeah, it's kind of pointless. So um, that that's ultimately the direction and the reason why we approach it the way that we do. Yeah, and on on like related to strategy, I think when you think of any company now, you you often think of the founder as well and and that whole personal brand that they have attached to the brand. And when you're telling a story and not just creating a piece of content that looks nice, I suppose tapping into the, like the emotions and the actual person themselves like, is a big part of the storytelling. Yeah, what do you think makes like a good, because you see on LinkedIn like, you know, emojis and like these certain way of writing, but how, how can you actually enhance maybe that LinkedIn personal branding content through video? Yeah, I think um, I'm definitely not a personal branding expert, but I think uh, in terms of the, the way that video can be used, it, it creates a much more personal feel, right? Like you're able to, get an understanding of, let's just say it's a founder or a director of a, of a massive company, of their characteristics, their personality, their traits, their values. Um, and naturally through video, if it's done and tailored well, um, you're able to build that that more a much more meaningful connection um, with those um, that you see on the feed. And also as well, I think it just naturally breaks up the feed. Like assuming that you're doing, again, because now video is becoming 
samey as it were like to some extent in the way that people are using them but i think especially if you're thinking about once again the direction the purpose and how you're positioning and framing that content i think as it goes a long way right and your audience or whoever you're trying to speak to um gets a good understanding for that and it will feedback into your overall personal brand like it's like you know this guy's really funny or I like the energy that he brings on camera or I like his ability to tell really effective stories um, and all of that can be achieved to be fair the only the best way to do that is all through video so you make a point on your own LinkedIn about being self-taught um, I think when you think of most like companies in video or whatever they're probably trying to look the most professional and like the best education like why have you sort of given yourself that tagline and, and why do you stick with it Tagline of helping others become irresistible? Or oh, no, as in like you saying like I'm self-taught, I guess is that part of your own... Like, oh, I see. Journey? Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, because yeah, I think there are like the, the video space and the creative space that are incredibly talented people, like amazing people. Some of these people have gone to university, studied years upon years to understand that the craft of, of, of which we, we work within. Um, others are self-taught. Others are just naturally very, very gifted. Um, and I think... It's one of those things where, yeah, like I literally didn't get any lessons. I didn't go to university. I didn't study this as well. I haven't actually done a course. Um, this is purely through trial and error, like learning on the job. I've got so many like horror stories of, of, uh, of times I've been on set and things have just gone drastically wrong, right? And I think without those like experiences, I think like we definitely wouldn't be where we are today. Um, and yeah, we got through them okay, and we, you know, we, we kept we kept pushing forward. But it's very much a yeah self taught process. Like you know, we I learned it from others, um, which you know you know from their support. But again, you have to have that natural disposition of wanting to learn more. You have to be curious, and you have to want to continuously be cool. The video is X right now. Like I want to be able to look back in a couple months time and be like, I can my videos have just leveled up so much since. Like every two months, we look back, all of us as a team. And we think to ourselves, like, the videos have just leveled up so much more, so, which is a really good sign. Like, it's not, it doesn't discredit your previous work, but, like, you should always be looking back and be like, that was a, a better video, a better interview. Like, the questions we asked were even better. Like, the way this visually looks was amazing. The storytelling, the pacing. Um, yeah, the list goes on, right? So, it's, it's, that's just part of the self-taught creative process. When you, when you say we, you're referring to your team, right? And, see, that's a really important thing to the success of any business is like that team building from you know just you setting up on this venture by yourself to then thinking oh i actually need to delegate some responsibility mm -hmm. and uh or not and I, I guess in in the sort of creative space it's less like delegation but more people that like compliment you and, and can help yeah improve your products so talk me through that whole process from from the beginning to sort of you know your your peak yeah, I think, um, so when we started, there was obviously myself um, and I would say Sam. So Sam was the person that I met from the previous business um, through Study Fast. And yeah, he kind of came over to KV to support on the sidelines. Um, Sam has always worked full time. Like I have no clue how he does it, but like he's a genius dude, um, super smart. And he's worked at like IBM, Google, like the big names, right? He's, he's, he's done amazingly. He's data scientist by trade. And I say creative by night. And um, yeah, like when... I first started, I, I genuinely could not edit. Like I could piece together a video, but I mean like when you edit a video, like it's a, it's a whole different ball game, right? And he, he really helped me with that process. So he was the first person on the team. He's been here, still is here ever since. Um, and then I think the second hire, well, the third hire or second, depends how you count it, um, was Jordan. Um, so the third person on the team. Again, another lifelong friend. They say you shouldn't hire friends, but you know, at the time is what we had. So we hired, and again, same thing. He had zero experience. Like he was, he's a great, um, he's great with music, super talented. Um, but um, yeah, he literally sat down and was like, hey, 
like I'm actually interested in, in that role that you have going right now. Like, would you be open to like help me join? I'm a quick learner. And I was like, yeah, why not, man? Like, you know, just yeah. vibes, right? <laughs> so um, yeah, literally that's how the conversation went. We're, we're grabbing up, we're catching up for a coffee. Um, we did have like an interview because we thought we were like, <laughs> just, like legit and sick at that point. We weren't, we were absolutely nothing. We were just like two guys just creating content. Yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah, so we did like a, an interview with him. Um, even though I already like mentally hired him in my head, I was like, of course, you're like, I'm gonna take no. So um, so um, yeah, he joined, um, which is awesome. And yeah, again, he scaled like in terms of his growth and everything he's learned. It's been amazing to see. Um, so that was like the first three. Um, and then our next hire was outside the bubble, right? So we 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 had a few freelancers that plugged in here and there, but um, we use a scheme called the Kickstart scheme. Um, it's not not no longer going right now, but um, yeah, it was a really popular thing a couple of years ago. Um, and yeah, like uni grads um, and super useful. It, like we, I think we hired two people through that scheme, which was nice. So for the first, like I think six months, I think the first six months, like their salary ultimately is like paid for by the government, mm -hmm. which is great. Um, so it provides them with an opportunity to learn. It also provides small startup businesses with, with additional resource. That definitely presented challenges, um, obviously, because you can, you can only pick from a pool of people and, and so on and so on and so on. However, as a whole, I think it did a lot for us and it did teach us like a lot. Um, and then I think after that, we then hired like another guy, um, a good friend of mine, have known for a while. Um, then we hired someone called Summer, um, who kind of came in and like really just let, ramped everything up from like our operations and then I guess HR and stuff like that. Um, but like there was no hiring strategy. I don't mm. know if that's why we're going with this. Like there was literally zero hiring strategy. We didn't think about who we needed. We didn't think about the actual like, we just were like, we need support and potentially there's an opportunity for somebody to do this and do this, that and the other as well, right? So. I think that was probably the the only disadvantage of approaching it in the way that we did. It was very much just sporadic. Mm. Um, but I think within the first 12 months of KV, we scaled to like, well, sorry, a year and a half within with KV, we scaled to like like eight to nine people, um, which was quite fast. Like it was drastically fast to be fair. Um, in relation to like experience, cash flow, mm. what we knew, yeah. everything else in between, yeah. So um, yeah, it was, it was interesting. It was an interesting experience, but yeah. Yeah, and those initial hires, so to speak, were your friends, right? And you say you didn't need to interview process and everything, but I feel like that's kind of because you are like a product of your surroundings and who you surround yourself with is kind of like, it dictates your ambition, it dictates like what you're working on, how happy you are working on it. So I do think as a strategy, like, especially if you were to talk to our audience of students, like, you know, first of all, try work out who you actually want to spend your time with. And yeah. then actually when it comes to starting a project or a business as a student, like it, it is like, you know, now over there, like, well, it's just great to work with someone, like you say, you vibe with, like it, it makes your, your life and- A lot better. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that, that's kind of like a, a learning, you said, that, that team building process. And I am actually interested in, you mentioned earlier, like these big blunders that you had on set because I also have my fair share of them as well. So yeah. just for my own like. <laughs> yeah, no, no, we, we've had we've had many blunders, man. Um, from like everything from obviously like hiring, like challenges to stuff that's actually happened on set. But like, um, yeah, so we've, we've my first ever blunder was I, get, I did a free wedding, um, which, was, which was great. And in short, this was the first time I'd ever, ever researched anything about like photography, like on YouTube. So as you do, you know, you prep for the, for the wedding, right? And then I'm like, okay, cool, great. I want to do some research, learn a bunch of stuff. I'm like, okay, some new settings on my Canon camera at the time. It was like a 500D or something like that. 
Anyways, um, back in the day, there was the, the SD card that I had. I never, for some reason, opened up the SD card or that camera. Don't ask me why. Just never happened. I've had the camera for years. Like my granddad had the camera. He bought it, which he never used. Standard. My dad then took it from him. I was like, I'll use this a lot. And my dad didn't use it much. And I was like, oh, I'll use it. So that's where my creative journey actually started. Um, so this camera, um, I took on set. I was partnered with somebody called Haley, a good friend of mine. And um, yeah, we did the wedding together. She's probably, she's probably more experienced than I was, to be fair, like at the time in reference to like all things photography. Um, but yeah, like I never opened up this camera, like to look at the actual SD card. So like, I did this wedding in the morning. Um, I changed my settings from JPEG to RAW because of course more data, um, you've got more control over the edit. I didn't obviously realize when you do that, it means that you have like way less space and like <laughs> SD cards are taken up. Yeah. So um, yeah, there's, you know, I think we get to like the part where family and friends come together for photos after the ceremony and yeah. I'm there, everybody's together, like 50 plus people. And yeah, in short, I run out of space, right? And I'm like, I have no backup SD card. I've got no other SD cards with me. And I'm there and I'm like, damn. And I'm like, yeah, guys, you're looking great, looking great. And I'm actually just deleting photos, like while I'm, <laughs> while I'm getting them to just yeah. smile. I'm like, yeah, looking great. Delete, 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 delete. And my screen was awful as well. So I couldn't even tell what was actually like yeah. good. Um, so yeah, that was like my first ever like blunder. Obviously it was fine overall, photos came out like, okay. Um, but uh, it was definitely a learning lesson and I was like, okay, great. Don't, if you have a shoot and you research stuff, don't make any drastic changes that you've never done before because otherwise then yeah, you can, you can mess up. I think the other big one was when we had our first video shoot. Um, this was when we, we basically, we, we, we pitched, we won first ever proposal. Then we got paid like 900 pounds for this. Like, and I was like, like gassed. I was like, bro, like, this is like, we made it. I was like, yes. Right, early doors, right? Um, and um, yeah, so it was like five, six videos, whatever it was, something crazy. And then I, um, yeah, we went, it was in Cambridge. We did the shoot. We filmed with two separate cameras, which again, awful, because it just, they just didn't match very well. And then the second thing, we had bought like some newer lights, which, which looked okay. Um, so we had a little bit of setup, right? So it was the first time when we decided to actually invest into the, into the setup. But we filmed directly in front of a TV. Like, I mean, like directly in front of a TV. So like, we were gassed because it looked great, like just on set, we're like, wow, this is like a proper mm. set, right? And um, anyways, like, I think maybe like midway through, um, I realized that I could see my reflection, like in the video of the TV. And I'm there like waving, smiling, giving them like, you know, I'm like, yeah, Josh, I'm like, <laughs> counting down, right? So like on the camera, like you can't see, you obviously like they're there, but you're seeing me in the background going like this, right? And I didn't clock until like the end of the day. And I started sweating, right? Like, you know, when you're just internally <laughs> hot, right? And you're like, you're like, I have no clue. Yeah. I don't even know how to edit, right? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to fix this. So basically, uh, yeah, that was probably the biggest blunder, like, especially like early doors, right? So I'm freaking out and everything went wrong that day because like we hired a gimbal, which I've never used before. We, we tried to use it like the night before. Again, I don't know why I'm doing something like this. So again, we hired a gimbal, we've never used. Right? We, we got it the day before, because I was a cheap day, I was cheap. So I was like, I don't want to rent this out for like a week. I only want to do like the day before, the day over, and I'll return it, right? So um, I tried to figure out how to use this gimbal within a couple of hours. Um, and then on the day, like this is before we had all the tools, right? So on the day of the shoot, you got the TV situation, which was just a flop. Right, and then like the gimbal was just malfunctioning and I've never yeah. used a gimbal. So I'm like, how do you get this working? I've got a butter knife on my hand trying yeah. to like tighten everything up. They're looking at me. This is like a corporate client, right? Yeah. So like they're thinking this is, well, from their perspective, maybe it was okay. But from our perspective, everything felt like it was going wrong, right? So um, yeah, like that blunder, it took us a very long time to like fix. So what Sam had to do, because I, I, I edited it. That was, I could edit like kind of at that point, but 
to that level of complexity, like masking stuff out, like I've never mm. done that before, right? This is before we had like some really cool AI tools where it just kind of just does it for you. So um, I, I said to Sam, I was like, Sam, I need your help. I was like, I have no clue how to do this. So he he spent hours like, oh, the challenges, by the way. So just for context, why this is so difficult. So in front of the TV, you've got obviously the person, which is standard. You've got me and the reflection behind them, which is, you know, so it wouldn't have been too difficult because you could have put like a black, like, you know, maybe like screen on top of the TV, right? Or like you could have cut it out. Why it got complicated is because there was a plant in front of the TV <laughs> on the left-hand side, all doing all sorts of spiky different movements. It was long, right? So like basically uh, we had to, yeah, that was, Sam had to like mask every single frame for like all six videos out of me going, right, so just to, just to like fix it. Yeah, and I look back at that video now, um, yeah, it's awful, 100% um, it's awful, but like it was, a it was like a starting point and we got paid for it and I was like, there's proof in this concept, right? Like we, we, can, we can do this. So that's probably like the, the, um, the, the one of the biggest blunders. And then of more recent times, um, I guess as a final blunder um, is, there was one time, I'm trying to think, there was either, I was about to say at least they're all like your first of child. Yeah, no, no, there's that's, that's some, <laughs> <laughs> some recent ones, man. We've had, we had a situation once where like we, uh, what was it? We like forgot, oh, what did we do? SD card, we lost that. We lost footage once. That was that was peak, right? That that yeah. was that was not the one, right? Definitely learned the importance of backing up twice or triple. Um, that was that was a lesson learned. Um, another situation, and to be fair, I I found the footage though. Like, so I had to call a client. This was like a learning lesson for me. So I was like, I'm really sorry. Like, I have lost your footage. Like, I don't know how something's happened. It was just really bad, right? And he he was he was angry but he was i think because of like maybe like experience and where he knew i was at he was quite calm um which i respect him for to be we're still good friends today right and um in the end though luckily like an hour later i somehow i found it and i was like i found it like, and, you know so it was good yeah. but um, i think the biggest one was where at one time we went to london and we had a shoot in the evening and we were supposed to be uh i think it was like a 9 7 p.m I was supposed to finish like a maybe 10 or like 11 ish something like that right um, and uh, in short, turn up to the shoot in the evening, shoot over ran. I'm talking to Sam and I'm like, the guys, we have one of the biggest shoots like ever, right? The next day, like one of the biggest shoots we've had, right? So this shoot for context, this, this is like worth like 10 grand, right? So it's a big, a really big shoot. So it's kicking off at 7 a.m. And we're like, okay, cool. Everything's there. We've got this, we've got that, da, 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 da. And I'm running through mentally, like if you've got everything. And then I realized we've forgotten our light. Like I, I you know those moments where you just picture where you left it yeah. in a place. And I'm like, it's like 10 p.m. and I'm in London right now and I have to be up obviously early and we're still at a shoot. I can't even leave, I have to finish this shoot. And I've forgotten like the most important thing for this, for this, like obviously um, for this, uh, this, this uh, project the next day. Um, I tried to call friends, I tried to, it wasn't even like, it was like a softbox, I think like a really big one. Tried to call friends, tried to pull, pull in some favors, nothing. So I had to drive home um, that night and like at maybe like 12 midnight, I got home like at two. Had to like go unlock a whole building, geez Louise, like get this light out, right? Then I had to like go home. I slept for like an hour and a half, two hours, got back in my car, drove back to London at the hotel in which I booked. Jordan was there. I laid in my bed for 30 minutes on top of the duvet and the covers, just like this, right? And then, um, and then yeah, then I, did, then I did that shoot on like two hours sleep. Um, and it was awesome, it was one of the best shoots we ever did. Um, but um, I still don't think that's the worst one. The worst one guys, and this, 
I've never told anybody this. I'm not even going to tell you what this this person is because I can't expose myself like that. But in short, we had a shoot in the morning, um, and I basically just didn't hear my alarm. I live an hour and a half away from London to two hours, right? So I'm there, and I I had a late night, clearly, obviously, and because um, there was just a lot to prep, I was maybe nervous. I don't really know why I, I tend to do that. But anyways, I'm there, and my alarm goes off at like maybe like when I wake up like at eight, and I like open my eyes, I'm like. You know when you're conscious that you're in bed for too long? I'm like, why am I still in bed? Yeah. I, was like, I was like, I should not be here. Yeah. So I jumped out of bed, looked at the clock, it was eight o'clock. I had to be on set, by the way, for context, at like 8.30 or something like that. And, I, and I'm far from home, right? And I'm like, and I'm like, okay, so I don't know what to do. I started pacing at the end of my bed and I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, this is, this is awful. Da, 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 da. Luckily, the shoot, I wasn't taking lead on this shoot. For the, that was great for the first time. So Sam was, it was like, um, he was looking after it. Um, and in short, like with this particular project, um, like one of the things that was really significant about it, when I called, when I opened my phone and put it on, you know, X, Y, Z, on, sorry, off airplane mode, all these messages, all these calls, and um, Sam, you know, I called Sam and I was like, Sam, yo, like, what's the, you know, I stayed in bed, I overslept, what, what should we do? And he just starts laughing at me. And I was like, why are you laughing, bro? This is so serious. Like, this is not a funny moment. Like, you shouldn't be laughing, bro. Like, I was vexed. And he said to me, he was like, um, He's like, you are like the luckiest person on earth. I was like, how? He was like, bro, the client got COVID this morning. <laughs> he was like, so he was like, the shoot's cancelled. Well, the first, he was like, the shoot's cancelled. And I was like, um, I said to myself, I was like, you, I said, you're joking me. He was like, yeah, bro. He was like, it's cancelled. He was like, it's calm. He was like, you still come to London. Da, 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 da. By the way, I'm not sure how much you're going to include in this because there might be some parts, you know, cut out because otherwise you could probably piece two and two together. So, <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, anyways, yeah, so the client bought, the client got COVID, um, so it meant that the first half of the day was cancelled, the second half of the day was on, and I just rolled up to, to London, like, my normal self. I was like, oh, how are you doing, guys? It's great to see you, you know, X, Y, Z. And, um, yeah, that was probably one of the biggest blunders, like, as well. So I've had, less, like, I've had many, many. They're, like, the three significant ones of which I learned a lot from. Um, but, um, yeah, it's some good, some good stuff. Some good yeah, stuff. Well, it's, uh, it's definitely not been all blunders. Uh, I've seen, I mean, a little sneak preview, um, on your LinkedIn the other day about a certain Arsenal football team and yeah. Adidas. I don't know how much you can say on that, but no, no, it was, it was yesterday. It was good. It was a really good shoot. Really, really good shoot. It was for a um, it was a last minute project. To be fair, it wasn't like a. There's no like. I wish there was some free grueling story where I pitched the end of my heart away. Yeah. That it wasn't like that. It was just a case of um, I knew the founder um of the one of the one of the organizations, Gradfuel. I worked with them early doors of KV. Um, and yeah, we started talking briefly last week. He was like, listen, this is happening. Everything's moving really quick. Um, it's a really, really big deal. Um, are you able to come through support, do X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z, bring everything to life? Um, yeah, so in short, it was it was, it was was big, like definitely big. There was over 250 plus people. There was an Olympic um, gold like, medal, like medalist there, which is awesome. Um, Adidas rep everywhere. Um, Adidas merch everywhere, Adidas branding. Um, yeah, the branding was all over the, like the, the awesome screens. It was it was really really cool. Uh, event went really well, really successful, and definitely an awesome name to have on the on the on the roster. So um, yeah, it was really cool stuff. So I'm looking forward to like I can't, I don't, that, that's what I can say at the moment. But I'm looking forward to piecing yeah. everything together. So um, yeah, but when you're on shoots like these for companies like you know as big as the likes of them, are you getting that imposter syndrome? Because I mean you're still young and early on that pro- that project, and like you said like things have been happening very quickly and that's kind of the nature of the startup world. But Yeah, um, good question. I think in terms of, uh, I guess, imposter syndrome, I think the the more 
like I said, I'm bla- I think I've blacked my way through a lot of situations, like mm. um, through confidence, just all the confidence, right? <laughs> and smiling a lot like this. <laughs> um, so um, yeah, so I, I think up until a certain point of KV, I was able to get away with probably more things purely just because I was new, I was inexperienced, and like, you know, it wasn't large clients, but I think as we've grown more, like knowing your stuff is becoming more increasingly important, right? And I think what's interesting is that I got to a place, I don't mind sharing this either, like where I was like, you know, charisma, confidence, or blagging my way through stuff, or just figuring stuff out as you go along, can only take you so far, mm. right? Before you really need to like learn your stuff, because otherwise there's, there's gonna be a cap, you're gonna cap, right? It's like, you're only gonna get to a certain point, and then afterwards you either just cap out, the journey ends, um, or you just stay stagnant, and, you, and you're always gonna exist within this like, this like area, for example, right? You have to learn, you have to implement, and you have to take risks. So I think what's interesting, when I've made that transition, and I'm like, I really wanna keep learning, I really wanna keep growing, and I'm trying to, to, to really become an expert within, within my personal space, um, I feel way more imposter syndrome than I did like early doors. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just because of the nature of people that I'm finding myself like around, right? So it's like, I'm speaking to like really big founders, really big directors or CEOs, people who are raising like millions of pounds of investment. And they're asking me questions of which I do know the answer to, but it's, I think, I just, feel, I'm like, I shouldn't mm-hmm. be in this room. Like, do you know what I mean? It feels like there was one time I was in a boardroom of like, like six people um, and they are like, you know, C-suite individuals, right? And you know, like loads of money and they'll ask me questions and I was just there and I'm like, interestingly, I know I know more about you, more about this than you guys do, but I still feel like I just should not be here. Like I feel like I'm in- mm. inadequate to say these things. So I think, yeah, I definitely feel more imposter syndrome now, imposter syndrome now than I did. Right. It sounds like it's almost become your superpower in that like it's, it's, prevented you from you know having that mismatch and confidence to actually ability before it actually becomes a significant problem yeah, um yeah so like that imposter syndrome the thing that's actually maybe causing a bit of trauma or, or like you know some mental health difficulties in your head like that's actually making you a better uh, yeah it, it pushes you forward yeah yeah i think you have the there's the level of like the way i look at it is that you there's like a no there's like a no turning point right of course there's sometimes in life where you need to be like okay call it quits right but I think with anything, whether that be any goal, habit, project, business, it doesn't matter. Like it gets to a point where if you've invested a certain amount of time and energy, it's like you're like you have to you, you have to make it work. Like if you stop now, mm. it's like everything before is kind of like just like not that it's not worth it because you've learned, but it's like why did you go through all that hardship? Like if you knew you were gonna stop anyways, like why push yourself as much as you did? So for myself, um, yeah, like it's that's always the driving force. So like even though. I might feel like anxious or I might feel like stressed about situations or I might feel like I don't know how we're going to pull this out of the bag. Like we always end up doing it in the end and we seem to like thrive relatively well under yeah. that type of pressure and it grows us, you know, always, always growing. So, yeah. And do you have, um, I mean, I don't, I don't know if there's any sort of people or companies that act as inspiration to you for your company, but but more like more so pieces of work or content where you're like, that's the levels that I'm trying to emulate. Like, is, do you have that? Um, Interestingly, I would say yes, but I don't think I could like tell you specifically in terms of like this brand or, or this overall look and feel. I think I think just collectively, I just have like a like inspiration that I've kind of pulled from everywhere, right? Like I'm I love music, I love fashion, mm-hmm. I love 
I love art, so I love photography. So like I'm pulling, I love interior design. So like if you see on my Instagram page or like my, my, my saved collections or my YouTube you know, playlist, like it's just a combination of like so many things. I always say like I want KV to be like an aesthetic fashion brand, like mm -hmm. even though we're a video agency. <laughs> so it's like that, that's like the vibe that I would love okay. to like be able to create um, for KV. Um, but yeah, like there's no, there's no like I guess specific person or, or like I guess type of work. I think for me, I was a big YouTube head back in the day. I still am, but like I just watched a lot of like YouTube creators, like like just creating video content. I just love their look, love the work. Everything felt really cinematic. And right now, like I can't like the content on Instagram right now. Yeah. Like the I don't know. I'm not sure if that's just my feed, but like you know, um, but like it is absolutely amazing. Like every time I go in there, like, I genuinely feel like inspired and I want to create something. Like you follow um, Eye Candy. Oh, I know about it, Candy, but I don't think I follow it, Candy. Yeah, so it's a favorite of mine. They like break down music videos. And, like, oh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shots and transitions. Yeah, and yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, uh, again, I, I go back to like with, with myself. I mean, obviously, I've got these brands, and, 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 I, and I really I understand how important visual, visual like engagement is mm. for like becoming synonymous with a brand and, and et cetera. But for me, like, like I said, it all comes down to like, and it must be something that no matter what of your success it's like that idea of making a masterpiece like you know like something yeah. that you can't really emulate in another career path like and it's kind of that maybe going back to that risk that moment like the ability to do that and have that piece of work you're proud of that must still be like such a driving factor yeah that's, i think that's a really that's really nice um i think that's just nice insight and i think that's a nice way of looking at things i think it definitely is um every piece of work that i do or that we do there's like a level of pride behind it. Like I know that our work is always getting better and it's always gonna be like in three months time, we'll look back and be like, yeah, like we could have done way better on that project, right? But I think as a whole, I, I'm always trying to get myself and the team to just set precedent. Like every time it's like something mm -hmm. like that, maybe it could be the grading, the audio, or storytelling. Um, so yeah, like there is there is that, can I make this the best video that I've ever made? Like like that's, that's I was going like, like yesterday, you know, with Adidas, like there were some challenges throughout the day throughout the evening. Um, but overall, I was like, I have no clue where this could potentially lead. Like this could lead, lead into yeah. bigger opportunities or whatever it might be. And I was like, how can we make this like the best video like ever, right? Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so there is that sometimes pressure that you put on yourself. And I have to say, sometimes it sucks. Like sometimes you like you are disappointed. Like there's stuff that we've done that I've gone in with the expectation of this, I really want mm -hmm. this to be amazing. And it just hasn't slapped. Like it's just, it's been like, I don't know, boring or it just hasn't come out well or we haven't produced it very well. And, um, but yeah, I guess you just learn from it and you kind of push forward. But um, yeah, you always want to try to level up where you can. That's the driving force. Is there an element of, in that of, obviously I know you'll take some of the responsibility for maybe it not being as good, but like now that you, you are growing and you have got more credibility and bigger brands approaching you, you have to sort of decide who you want to actually take work from now? Like I mean, in the early days, you would have been like gas of anyone. Like you said, yeah. like nine hundred quid was like a mile payout, and then now you're actually having to be selective. I imagine, like, yeah. What is it? What does that process look like? I think um, I actually don't think I've got there yet in terms of being like super selective. I think there's only a couple of clients that we've turned down or that, we, that we've not been able to support. But I think I'm full transparency. I'm still yeah. in that space, and we are still in that space of which we're, we're really finding our feet and we're really like understanding like. The specifics of, of the value that we provide how we frame and like that value as it were like we're definitely come a long way but i think it's we're not there, there are some projects that we, which we just can't do or that we don't want to do um but there are things for the most part that if it's interesting we like mm -hmm. the brand and there's just an overall good vibe and it's something where as weird as it sounds we can grow from it like we'll always say yes
and obviously if the commercials are obviously right as well, right? But even even so, I would say sometimes even if commercials aren't right, but it's super interesting, it's an awesome opportunity, and we think we can make just you know amazing stuff with it. Like we'll do it still, right? So I think um, yeah, when you're in a startup, we're we're still very startup mode. Like you know we've only been going like for two and a half to three mm. years. So even though that is a period of time, yeah, I would only say the past twelve months is where we've really started to find our feet. As weird as it sounds, so. Yeah, and as we near towards the end of the episode, uh, as a question I ask every single one of my guests, and I think it'll be particularly interesting with you, given that you were so you had such an idea of what you wanted to do with your career from early, uh, from a young age. What is your idea of success now? You know, a, a few years on from graduating and making that big leap. I mean, obviously. <laughs> Yeah, like you said, you, you had that in your mind for so long, a bit like monetary or like what or, or yeah. you know, people you aspire to be like or whatever. Yeah. But but now it's probably completely different, I imagine. Yeah. Um I'm not sure I'm gonna give a generic answer or not, but I'm gonna just be very honest and transparent. So I, I would say at the age of twenty six years of age, I'm running a business um with a team of five, wasn't planned, wasn't the direction, never cared about money that much. Um, never had an idea of who I wanted to be like. I didn't have a goal in that sense. It kind of just happened. However, a lot of the goals that most people have, and a lot of the goals that, you know, like, yeah, I'd like to do these things, I did achieve and I've done within quite a short space of time. Um, and yeah, like, it's one of those things, interestingly, it doesn't bring as much satisfaction as you would naturally think it does. And it's like, okay, cool, fair enough. Um, so what I've learned is that balance is absolutely everything. Right. So if you can actually find, if you can do something you enjoy and have balance within your life, and that means you can spend more time with family, friends, think, do things that energize you as an individual, right? Whatever that looks like. That is genuinely what success looks like. Success isn't necessarily about reaching certain goals or objectives. It's about feeling fulfilled, right? So the more fulfilled you feel as an individual, the more successful you'll naturally feel, regardless if you have a business or that you don't have a business. So if you're, if you, if you're at university right now, you've just graduated, like, it's one of those things where my sister, she's 21, right? So she's, she's graduated, she wants to be a data scientist. Well, she wants to be a data scientist and she's, you know, lost in terms of what should I do with X, Y, and Z. And I keep telling her, I'm like, you have so much time. Like, you don't have to get your life figured out before you hit the age of 25, 26, even 30. Like, I can't wait for 30. Yes. Like, I'm gassed, right? So I feel like, I feel like yeah, anybody who, who is currently doing X and, you know, be open to trying different things that don't quite fall in line with your plan because you never know what doors could be open, number one. Number two, um, I would say, yeah, find fulfillment in what you do, because that's where success genuinely actually lies. Um, and then number three, um, you it's okay to change your mind. Um, you know, that could mean you start something and then you're like, you know what, I don't like this, I wanna do something else. But don't get caught up in what social media tells you is success, because it genuinely isn't. Like, it's, it's all about fulfillment. And I know it's a very cheesy thing to say, but the, as I'm getting older and the busier I become and the more that we do, it's just one of those things I'm, I'm just finding that it's it's super evident. It's like the more fulfilled I feel as an individual in my life, um, the more successful I feel. So, yeah. I'm personally very excited to see what you've achieved by party as well. So, Thank you very um, much. Yeah, it's been amazing. Thanks Thank so much for coming on. Thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Cheers, mate. Thank you, guys.